chill. And here we go. Uh, hey guys, welcome <laughs> to episode 152 of TMD Towers, Brews, and Builds. I'm Mr. Combo 5, and my fellow host is a very special guest. One could say he has Ultra the Brood energy, Commander Smith Lowry. What's up, buddy? <laughs> hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah. you know. I, I mean... Ultra the Brood is a great card, right? It should, this is what we're talking about today. That's the main segment. Yes, absolutely. How many decks well, I mean, should heck, we I, fit it in? I don't know of many cards that I've talked about that started off at 70 cents and within the last three to four years are now like five to eight dollars. That that promo that you were pumping, that's like a $20 card now. Yes. Yeah. I think that's mostly you. I think that's mostly you. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I I'd like to take credit for it, but I think we all know it's Bruvac, <laughs> that that SOB from Jumpstart. Okay, um, all right, that's fine. But uh, no, I, I'm glad to have you on. Uh, you know, I don't know what your week's been like, but mine's uh, been pretty, pretty crazy yet pretty chill. It's like one of these yeah. weird, like some days I'm just like to the metal, and then other days it's a lo- little bit more lax. Um, but as we were talking pre-audio. Mm-hmm. I had our uh, final wedding planning with the venue today and kind of going over floral arrangements and times and timetables and just, oh my goodness, uh, just the the little details that people don't realize you have to think about for a, when you're planning a wedding. It's just, it's blowing my mind. <laughs> and I, I mean, me personally, my wife took care of most of that stuff because I am not a high detail oriented type person. And so, you know, she would come to me and just be like, what do you think about this? I'm like, fantastic. That sounds great. Um, I mean, I had my opinions. I've been in a lot of weddings, so I know what I like and don't like. But the little details are not something that I, uh, yeah. I care for. Yeah, for for us. So I'm very detailed oriented. Um, mm-hmm. I also just because of the job that I do, I have to, you know, it's like I know how to work with vendors and talk business and stuff like that. And so we, we've kind of worked out the dynamic to where she doesn't like my taste at all. So she's oh. designing the entire wedding, which is fine. I, I don't care. Um, <laughs> okay. but then when it comes to like, for example, her wedding dress, uh, she had bought it like 14 months, 15 months before the wedding, which I thought was excessive. Uh, but it came up to like May and it still hadn't been delivered. And it was supposed to be delivered in like January or February. And she kept calling. She couldn't get an answer. And she was like, Will you call? And she always says this, and it, and it is kind of affectionate, but also kind of like I am a Karen, uh, to where it's like, can you go Sean on him? And it's like, all right, fine. And Big Tuck's been around when I when I go into my like business mode, and it's not because I'm an asshole. I'm just very, uh, I would call it Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Like I'm going to okay. give you the facts. We're going to get to a result. How do we get to that result? Just let's make mm-hmm. it get all the thoughts and feelings and storytelling out of it. Let's just boom, boom, boom. Just fact of the matter. It. And so when I called the store, they're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it should be here anytime. And I'm like, OK, well, here's the thing. It's supposed to be here in January. Called it up in January. You guys said, you know, give us another month. Uh, called again in February. You said give it a couple months uh, in April. It was the same story. And the thing that you've told us is that it's in quality inspection where the dress is finished. It's just they're looking at it to make sure it meets all the details. Let's be honest, it doesn't take six months to check all the details on a dress. Uh, So what I need you to do is I need you to call them, and I need you to figure out how to get this dress here in the next couple weeks. I kid you not, Lowry, within 36 hours, they had called my fiance, and they're like, yeah, your dress will be here on Tuesday. Fantastic. Fantastic. And and what 
what I told her, and I was like, look, this isn't anything negative to the person, but they probably just had some salesperson who really didn't mm-hmm. give a F. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, uh, I'll get to it when I get to it. So, you know. <clears throat> could I yeah. could I get you a couple of numbers and talk with some people? Just just curious. No. Y- you know, uh, I am more than happy to impersonate uh, Adam uh, Smith. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy no, to he's do on that. that list. Just... I want some stuff from him. <laughs> All right. That's... Well, so no, that's when I play the whole I'm Adam. I'm from the future. <laughs> you play magic, you believe in that stuff, right? Come on. Yes. Yes. Well, what's that's been going on happen. with you, man? Um I mean I'm just living the life, I guess. Yeah. I, you know, I get to hang out with the kids a lot. Um trying to keep work afloat a little bit because I'm just part-time, you know, uh hang yeah. out with the kids a lot more. Maybe since we talked, I'm I've moved. Cause I think, okay. I think last time we talked was like late or la you know, last time we were on the show together, it was probably yeah. last fall or summer. Probably. Man, that has been a while. Cause I was, yeah, I was on I with know. Tuckback and Squee in December. Uh huh. And then it would be before that. Cause you, you weren't able to make that one. But, um, so I moved, I, I now record in a closet rather than a very open basement. Um, you know, life is good. I, I, I have yeah. no complaints, but I don't have any real good stories either. Like, <laughs> well, well, how about this? Uh, what is because uh, today is the first day of like legit Dominaria spoilers. What's like the one thing that has just stood out to you that you're like, I cannot wait to pick that up. OK, well, like I just love how they're bringing back so many legends, but, you know, having them have different flavors, different like. The new Hazazon looks fantastic, even though it's probably unplayable. <laughs> I like unless they bring deserts into this more, more support for deserts yeah. and stuff like that. Like I, I just, you know, that's what I started with. And I, and I love all of that flavor there. It's, I have a feeling they're going to bring a ton of good stuff. I I'm just excited for all of it. It's probably going to be, yeah. I'm excited for the next year. I saw everything there. Like Irexia, come on. <laughs> like what what about you what are you what are you excited for there? oh man uh i am pumped for the ajani uh mm-hmm. i actually mm-hmm. really like that especially for like my attraction planeswalker deck that seems oh. really busted uh i think i'm gonna hard swap it for the other ajani like i think i have the ajani that's in there that the ultimates uh the emblem prevent all but one damage to you and planeswalkers you control um yeah and i think that's i've never been able to get it it's a little pie in the sky so i think i might just snap take that out, put in this, this is Johnny. Cause I could ultimate it potentially in the turn it comes in. And then it's like, Oh, here's two poison counters. And Oh, by the way, proliferate and proliferate again. It just seems so nasty. It's going to be a really good way to finish games for the super friends decks. So like mm-hmm. it's, they all have, you know, their little angle, but that'll be a really nice one. Add in for those kind of decks for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that. The one that I'm not looking forward to playing is the new Shieldred, where the opponents lose two life whenever they draw a card. That kind of sucks. Yeah, it's going to be rough on me. Yeah, can, can, can anyone say a Slam Duncan Nekuzar? Yes. Then not oh. like that card, like that deck didn't need any help anyway, but that's. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. As I posted that in our uh, Facebook chat, uh, I immediately posted. I bet everyone's wishing Hole Breacher was back, you know, just kind of trolling and it's just unanimous. Everyone's like, no, I'd rather die to this and deal with Hole Breacher. And I was like, oh, okay, fair. Hole Breacher was really freaking good, wasn't it? 
the yeah this is just gonna be fun this is gonna be fun yeah 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 i i'm i'm very much looking forward to it all um i love how they have the whole complete still back and you know if you decide to do that they get less loyalty when they come in or there's some sort of negative connotation with it so i thought that's very choice i like the dominaria not united but dominaria reimagined cards Mm. that are coming out where they're just kind of taking older cards doing new fresh art there's that one green uh, world enchantment that I had never seen before, like Aros or Arurumi. It basically like uh, creatures cannot attack you un- unless you had uh, cast a spell or had a non-token oh. permanent enter the ba- or non-token creature into the battlefield under your control. And so I it's like, oh, reprint. yeah. Uh, so basically, what you're telling me is I need to do just activated abilities on my turn but then I can do everything I want on everyone else's turns and people can never attack me is what I'm hearing. And that just sounds chef's kiss. <laughs> That'll be really fun too. Yeah. I, I think I missed it. I didn't watch the stream or anything, but I saw mm. people posting in discords and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, th- this particular one. Oh, what was that card called actually? Oh, uh, Arborea. Arborea, yeah. I have Arborea. an Italian's version of it, so I don't really know what it does. I just what know I'm does? like, oh, yeah. that's a cool card. Uh, um, creatures can't attack a player unless that player casts a spell or put a non-token permanent onto the battlefield during their last turn. So technically, if you play a land, you're up for combat, but it's like, I think this could be a cool way, and the fact that it's mono green, you could splash it into so many different colored decks, like a Simic deck, that'd be absurd. Uh, an Esper deck, it could definitely, or not Esper, um, not Naya. Oh my gosh. Uh, the really crappy one that, that I do not like. Gund? Green, white, blue. Give it to me. Oh, green, white, blue? Esper. No, that's not Esper. Why did I just say no. that? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, Estrid colors. Um, and, yeah, and, no, I'm blanking on it too. Rafika the Many. Oh man. Uh, anyways, it, it feels like it could be splashed into a lot of different decks. Um, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and it was like a $20 card if you wanted to go buy it. So maybe it gets it down to like five bucks and Hey, I'll buy, buy one, see if it works. If not, no big deal. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. Yeah. I mean, I well, think everyone, they're going to do, it seems like they're going to do a really good job for the 30th anniversary. They're going well. Out, so I'm happy that's, for that. That's, that's a whole nother story. The fact that I had to pay $350 to get access to the command zone is ridiculous. I I have heard that I had, again, I, I'm kind of a stay at home dad. And so it's really hard to get out. Um, yeah. and so I didn't, once I heard 350, I was like, Oh, I'm not even, not even trying. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, Tuck hasn't heard this yet, but once I saw the price, I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to Charlotte for magic 30. <laughs> oh. I was planning on doing that, but it's like, man, I was expecting 150 bucks, and then if you wanted to upgrade to get a bunch of other swag, 350. But nope, they didn't even have a day pass option for the command zone. So I mean, I know some other creators that are going that um, they're just going to try to find tables to play with people at because they don't want to pay the extra 200 dollars. Sure. So are they access. are they paying like celebs to like Cassius Marsh or Post Malone to show up there to be there? knows is that is there a chance we don't know anything like that but yeah i mean mean, it seems excessive yeah well in the swag that they give you for it lowry is just utter bullshit it 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 does not justify it at all it actually made me upset because they had a 700 one that included that you got a whole bunch of other stuff and initially i was like well that's stupid but now i'm kind of looking at it it's like 
well, it actually probably been worth the three hundred fifty. You actually probably legitimately got three hundred and fifty dollars worth of value doing that, okay. and at least you get something here. I think there's maybe product wise a hundred bucks, so it's like you're paying two fifty to just be there, be there and play. They gonna well, make that money. They gonna make that money. But yeah. what we are gonna do is talk about how Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series since we have conquered the path to thirty two. The 12 themes of EDH decks, and in Season 3, we had a lot of different variations. We're going to try out a new segment today with Lowry and see if it clicks, and we're calling that Blueprinting. And effectively, what we've done is we had the community vote on a legendary creature, and Lowry and I are going to do a traditional Bruise and Builds format, but we're going to give you a blueprint or guidebook, so if you wanted to build this, you'll have a good 25-30% of the deck, not even including lands, already figured out. But we're still going to talk about it in our four basic categories. The first one is ramp and setting your board state. We do call that grains. The next would be how does your board interact with all of your opponents? Uh, we call that hops. And then, of course, you do need to actually win a game. Um, and so we do call <laughs> that yeast. And then we do have a fun area where it allows Lowry and I to branch out a little bit more. Maybe we could put some fringe cards in the deck. Um, we do call that spice. So without further ado, let's get brewing. So today, the community voted on Cormella the Glamour Thief. Uh, pretty interesting commander. It's an uncommon. I mean, Lowry, if you wouldn't mind, could you kind of read what the card <coughs> does? And give me your kind of initial thoughts of like what pops to mind when you look at Cormella on just the surface. Yeah, okay. So it's one, a blue, a black, a red for a 2-4 vampire rogue. It has haste. You can pay one, tap it, add, you know, blue, black, red, spend the mana only to cast instance and or sorcery spells. And then when Cormella dies, return up to one target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Um, and what I initially thought was like, I really like the idea of like creating mana. Like that's, that's pretty big for instance and sorceries to get three mana for one. If I was hoping to have, you know, I think there's some things that you could do with like untapping to create more and more mana. You know, mm -hmm. obviously there's enough like untap infinite amount of times, depending on how much more like non-instant sorcery mana that you can create along with like maybe filling like I like the idea of filling up the graveyard to be able to choose. It's almost like drawing cards and mm -hmm. choosing which instants or sorceries you can kind of get back if it's dying. Went through some sack outlets. I didn't I didn't add any of those to our list but i think it's i think it's an interesting card if you really focus on it what do you think yeah so my initial thought went to kind of like on the whole tap untap like what kind of shenanigans can we do with that but they do put the restriction on there that it can only be used for the instant sorceries which i think is pretty mm -hmm. smart um so you know that kind of stopped that a little bit so i almost thought of cormella is maybe a a good legend for a storm deck Something okay, yeah. where we're, we're getting the, the Grixis mana in our mana pool. Also, uh, one of our mods is watching us on Twitch right now. It is Bant that we were looking for. Thank you. Bant is Yes. So, so I was thinking it could be something where it's like we're floating the mana. We're then using it on some sort of instant and sorcery. It goes to the graveyard or maybe it's like a reanimation target. We then sack Cremella for mana. Trigger goes on, we get her back, and trying to figure out some loop to where maybe you're not actually netting true value on the board, but you're getting that storm count up. 
And then mm-hmm. there's a, so many things in Grixis that it's like every time you cast a flaw, you get this or this happens or how many times you did it. So that's kind of where my mind went to. Um, mm-hmm. The one mm-hmm. thing I will say is that she is very vanilla. And what I mean by that is she's not so linear like Arabo, the Silencia cat. You have to build cats. Like there's nothing else you can do. Yeah. But cats. Uh, Cormella, it, I mean, you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. And, and so like, I agree. And I had a feeling we're going to go that way. So I kind of went a little bit of a different way on some of my picks, but I was thinking like, this could be a solid, like reanimate deck because they're mm-hmm. like with instances, of sorceries, you're, you know, exhume sacrifice, you know, bring something huge back, sacrifice or get exhumed back, get another one or just get her back. I don't know. I don't know why you do that, but you know, I, I probably tone it down as a deck maker as well. I, I want to, say like i'm not a combo player i purposely don't add combos in there that go like infinite and just kill the table so i don't think like that so i'm not i didn't pick any cards that were like that but reanimate seemed kind of like a cool idea i almost was thinking mill because like Mm. but it's not going to be as good as Bruvac. you know like yeah when you have decks that are just clearly better in a theme that you want to build sometimes you go that way but oftentimes i'm just like why wouldn't i just build a brewvac deck or the new captain and word the the horror from mm. the commander set like those are mill decks this doesn't have yeah. to be so it's so wide open and i agree like it, there was a lot of different directions you can choose from which i think is fun if you're looking for a bit of a challenge too yeah 100 percent. i mean heck you could even i hate to say it make it board wipe tribal because yeah. you do damnation, it goes to the graveyard, she dies, trigger, you get damnation back. I mean, that sounds kind of not fun. <laughs> um, but I, I think what's interesting, her as a commander on EDH rec already has close to 600 decks uh, <laughs> built. And I think she was just printed, what, four months ago? New, com- new Capenna, point. yeah. So like four yeah. months. Yeah. So it's oh, fairly She's new, doing so all I right. Think, yeah, that sounds super cool. Um, here's what I find interesting about the distribution. And I'm, I'm wondering if any of this stands out. So they, they, on the average type of permanence, 32 lands in the deck. To me, that actually seems light for a commander that you have to spend mana to even get mana. Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally, I'd probably go 35 to 38. Um, only one Planeswalker in the traditional builds, which is also kind of surprising. I feel like with especially, oh my gosh, with Strixhaven and so many of yes. the, hey, whenever you cast an instant sorcery, you get this effect, like the Liliana. That seems super powerful. Four enchantments. That sounds about right. Um, Ten artifacts. 21 instants, 15 sorceries, and 16 creatures. What's the one out of those that kind of shocks you the most, whether it's really high or you feel like it's kind of low? The, the instance of sorcery seems good. I would say... Again, me personally, like I understand that this is a, you know, it's a spell slinger deck, but there's tons of support in the creature realm to help you with the, the, like casting the spells, like reducing the cost or, you know, doubling stuff up. Like, I think there's a lot of creature support that you could add into there. 16 is probably fine. Like, I don't know which ones they had in there, but generally I have like, I generally have about 20. And also the lands are really low for me when I'm going three colors, I like 38. I've been cheating down to 37, but I generally like 38 because it just, it makes everything smooth. Um, and again, I think 
theory-wise, in this kind of deck, you want to kind of put cards in your graveyard anyway. And so there are plenty, there's plenty of instants and sorceries or even creatures that help you loot. And so if you're overdrawing mm. your lands, you can just ditch sure. them too. You know, if there's nothing extra beneficial. So like that that's 38, make your land smooth, unless you're heavy into the artifacts and you have maybe a sub-theme in artifact ramp and stuff like that. Maybe. Maybe. So I'm almost wondering, and I'm going to do a quick check on a Scryfall, but you kind of gave me an idea with the loot effects and immediately I think of Faithless looting. I mm -hmm. wonder if uh, you absolutely could. You could absolutely make this a flashback deck to where it's, hey, I have the flashback option if I can't sack her to get the card back to do it for the cheaper cost. Um, but if when I do have her and, and so it's like, you always have access to that graveyard, regardless of what's in there. That's kind of cool. Yep. Yep. That's definitely in my yeast, at least one card. <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, I think we should just go ahead and get into the deck, but before we do that, we would love for you guys to check out our great patron program, patreon.com slash CMD tower for tiers. Uh, we just talked about how expensive magic 30 is. Literally, the monthly support you guys give us helps pay for that. Uh, so please, <laughs> please uh, join join more and faster. Uh, get more people because uh, definitely it was a lot. Uh, but mm -hmm. also, you know, uh, you guys won't be able to see it um, on video. But I even have a ceiling camera mount now. We actually have hue lights nice. uh, so that way we can improve all of our recording lighting. Um, you know, it really does go to, to supporting and growing this channel. So just remember, patreon.com slash Tower. Now we're going to head over to the grain, and uh, I'm going to start this off with a card that you may have picked, but maybe not. Uh, you did talk about like cost reductions, and I really like this one because it gives us a transform mechanic as well uh, that I believe is insanely powerful. So I think the first grain card would be Primal Amulet, to okay. be fair. Uh, four colorless artifact, it's a rare instant sorceries you cast cost one less. Whenever you cast, either spell, put a charge counter on it, and if there's four or more, remove it and transform. And when it transforms, it's basically a land called Primal Wellspring. Tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and when that mana is spent to cast an instant sorcery, copy it and choose new targets for the copy. Uh, the card, the cheapest one, is just the, the Ixalan uh, for $11. That, that and kind of stuff. I, that's but a hey, fantastic card. card. I totally agree with you. I did not put it on my list because I didn't want to read that much. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I see this. Once again, I think when you go with an uncommon commander, there's a reason it's at uncommon status. It's a little mm -hmm. slow. It's a little, as Tuck calls, slimy. You got to do a lot of hoops for it. There's so whatever you could do to just make it operate a little smoother, I think mm -hmm. is great. Plus, this is the kind of card that I think is going to be fairly easy to transform in this deck. And then once it's a land, I mean, you got to someone's going to have to wasteland it or strip mine. And I don't know about the wider collectives playgroup, but my playgroup really doesn't play land destruction because they they yeah, just I, feel like it gets bad feels. I I yeah, I don't think people are playing too much land destruction. And that's kind of you know that's within the. Uh, what is it called? Rule Being zero. nice to everybody. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like normally if I see like a Lord Windgrace deck and they're like, I got a little bit of land destruction. It's like, nah, you, you got a little bit of dead. You're done. <laughs> I want to play a oh, game. Man. I don't want to like sit there and do nothing forever. So, uh, so that means I should never play my Lord Windgrace deck against you. I mean, if you tell if, if it's something different, but if you're like, oh, there's a little bit of land destruction, then I'll 
then I'll keep an eye on I mean, you for sure. You no, know, it, it's what I call the fair amount of land destruction. You know, being able to destroy <laughs> six lands a turn every turn, it's fair. No. Well, Lowry, what's the first green card that apparently uh, will maybe make more friends than myself at the table? All right. So this is doing both. Oh, I might have picked the wrong version. Um, but this card, I think, is well underplayed for Spellslinger decks because it does two of everything, like what you want with ramping and card selection in your draw. But it's called Sorcerer Class. Came out in the last year's D&D, but it's red-blue enchantment. Uh, when it ETBs, you draw two cards and discard two cards. And then you can pay a red and a blue. And then creatures you control have tap, add a blue or a red for instance and sorcery spells. There's a level three. I don't really care about that, but you might actually for the uh, the storm part. So it's three, a red and a blue. And then whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, that spell deals damage equal to the... Uh, each opponent equal to the number of instant and sorcery spells you've cast this turn. So it's kind of just yeah. doing almost everything you would want in this deck. It's, it's really, it's, it's just a really good glue card. Again, it's going to put instants or sorceries or extra lands in your graveyard. It's going to turn your creatures that are, you know, like the, uh, what's that? Uh, goblin electromancer that reduces oh, cost yeah. by one that also mm -hmm. turns into a red or blue later on, like very quickly. So it's turning your non-aggressive or blocking creatures into ramp. It's a fantastic card in Spellslinger decks, and I highly suggest adding it into those kind of decks. Yeah, I really like this, especially because I look at it more Lowry. I could pay four the turn it comes in. I got to draw two, discard two, and now my creatures are turned on with that add, is it, uh, to the mana pool. Um, for the effects I, I think that's a lot of value and honestly if you had a four mana enchantment that just did that i think i'd play that yeah that's generally how i use it i almost forget what that last like class part is because i yeah. don't five is doing quite a bit but when you're drawing discarding and then turning your creatures into mana like that's big stuff for four mana i totally agree mm-hmm all right, well, my next one kind of leans in a little bit more on the storm front, but um, it's it's fair because you're just kind of getting mana. So I think Bergy God of Storytelling is a must-include for this Formella deck. Mm -hmm. Two colorless red, legendary creature God. It's a rare from Kaldheim. It's a 3-3. Whenever you cast a spell, it doesn't even have to be instant and sorcery, guys. Add a red. Until end of turn, you do not lose this mana as steps and phases end. And kind of worthless is the creatures you control can boast twice during each of your turns rather than once. And it does have a flip side. Apparently, I just wanted to talk today. Uh, Harnfell, Horn of Bounty for four colorless reds. So you have the option of casting either or. Legendary Artifact, discard a card. Exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. So there actually is a bit of strategy that you can do with this, especially in reanimator decks. So if, if you're not familiar collective with these modal cards, uh, dual sided, whatever the primary side is, that is the type that it is in your graveyard, in your hand, in your library, in an exile. The backside is only there if you're able to cast it for that. So I actually see in this kind of re, because you will have a reanimator package because you'll want to try to sack your commander to be able to get the instance back. You could cast Hornfell Horn of Bounty. Do discard a card. You're now putting those instant sorceries in the graveyard that you're going to be able to get back. And then you know what? If someone blows it up, well, it's now Bergy on the other side. Let's use one of our reanimator effects to bring Bergy 
back out. And now we have that effect. So I think this can do a lot for us. And for a little under $5, I don't think it's too much of an investment. Because if it doesn't work in this deck, you'll have a deck to play this. It it's a very good card. Like you have you played with Stormkiln Artist from Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, the card's crazy good, right? And this is a little bit cheaper, a little bit, you know, uh, but you're just able to keep on playing cards. And with this, mm-hmm. where you're able to potentially like if you're using one of the altars as a sack outlet for your commander. To add more mana this it just keeps on rolling and building and I, it's a it's a really really cool card i agree especially yeah, in storm builds like you're saying well lowry what's your second green card um i had mentioned untapping stuff so i'm gonna go with a fedo alchemist which is one and a blue it's a one two wizard and you tap it to untap target artifact or creature and so using this to untap korma for more mana right along with i there are there are plenty of artifacts that will untap creatures which are nice Mm -hmm. um but this has that little bit of flexibility to be able to untap your artifact ramp as well like if you know being able to get uh if you are lucky enough to have like a grim monolith or you have basalt monolith the monoliths Mm -hmm. that kind of stay tapped you get a lot of mana off of that yeah um along with just being able to help Korma out along the way that can really help you along with your ramp package in a Grixis deck like this. I, I really like this. And I like the fact that if you don't have your quote unquote engine ready, or you don't have that high value target, you can just play it for three as the morph creature. Like, Hey, it's a two, two, you don't know what it is. And normally like the morph cost is like more expensive, but it's only one blue. So I, it's almost a little bit of, if you pay colorless blue, would you like to pay two additional to make it not a threat and not something people want to blow up? Because I, I think if you play this on the face side, people are like, oh, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. <laughs> and, and no, 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 no. They won't like it as much. I, I can agree with that, too, especially if you uh, kind of a slower start. But I do think like you could be aggressive with it, like turn two with it and then go into artifact ramp and then you're able to pump out Cormella pretty quick mm-hmm. that way as well. You know, it always depends on what your hand is doing and how everything's playing out. But I, uh, I, I really like this card. Well, my last one, it's a bit boring. I actually just literally changed it because I didn't want to go way, way boring. But I, I, I'm, I'm here to give you guys the base. I'm giving you that bechamel. I think in the grains, because we've already alluded to it, the altars. Phyrexian, Ashon's altar. I think you have to have those in this deck. I think so, too. But if you're not... Depending on what your reanimation package is, if it's not excessive, you still need to figure out ways to sack things to get additional mana so you can accelerate a little quicker. So I think Tallrand, mm-hmm. Sky Summoner, just it makes too much sense in this type of deck. Two colorless blue, blue, legendary creature, Merfolk Wizard, 2 2. Whenever you cast instant sorcery, make a 2 2 blue Drake creature token with flying. And I mean, these things are rampant. You can get one for 26 cents. So it's kind of meat and potatoes <laughs> we're doing lots of instant sorceries we're going to be making two two tokens with flying normally you would say maybe in a storm deck this is your yeast cards you're going to make an overwhelming army and then beat face or maybe yeah. it's in your hop so you're using this for blocking i think this is a modal card i think it can hit all three of the ways that we describe decks at cmd tower but i think in this build it's going to be more for 
hey, these drakes are going to feed our mana. So we sacked a drake to Ash on Dolphin, got two mana. One went into Cormella. We now have four floating mana. We use that for another instant sorcery. Boom, we get another drake. Sack that one. And that's kind of like how that. you get your storm train going. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And there's there's a bunch of combo player. <laughs> no, that's to me that's synergy because you're gonna run oh, out of cards. Okay. Probably. I consider it different. I just don't infinite combo when I'm saying that kind of stuff. Um well no, I, I like think that's because you have the reputation of being the uh the high powered one, right? And if you yeah, I think you had to like over the years start being less comboy yes. and less aggressive so that way you could actually play games. Yes. It I mean, you gotta figure out where your play group is and make sure that you don't become the sole target. Um, yep. They still say, you know, kill the Smiths. So me and Adam are still always targeted, but if it's not as bad, like you don't want to gang up with the other guy, the other bad guy either. Like it was like, <laughs> Hey, we can stop them if we wanted, but I also yeah. want to kill you. So you don't want those games, right? Well, see, that's how you kind of have to look at it as like a Joker two face or penguin like relationship. Like, Everyone's coming after us. Like Batman and Robin want to kill us, but we also kind of want to kill each other. And so maybe we have to get together as like the Legion of Doom, you know, maybe do a little plotting. It's a really good strategy. And then you, as the Joker, you lay all the seeds that just like once Adam (laughs) has done your work, you like pull the rug out and he just dies. I don't know if I'm the Joker. I don't know who I'd be. I'd I'd probably make you the Riddler. I'll be Catwoman. I'll be Catwoman. I'll be Catwoman. (laughs) Well, why don't you give us your last... (laughs) Go ahead. No, I was going to say I was going to wear a sexy leather suit, but I didn't have to say that either. So, well, let's be honest. You just have that sitting in your closet and it's not a suit. It's a full body leather thing with a zipper for the mouth. Wait, look at the robe here. It's all cat themed around here. That's it's not meow. I don't even have a cat. (laughs) What's your last green card? All right. So going with uh, Prismari command, which is one, a blue, a red instant and I was thinking, like, I always like having value off of it. So this is something that you can cast at any point, but it's choose two. Prismari Command deals two damage to any target, so kind of removal. Um, target mm-hmm. player draws two cards, discards two cards. So you're doing that draw discard thing again. Uh, then you can create a treasure token or remove an artifact. So it's a little bit of hops. and it's It's whatever you need it to be or grains with your drawing, discarding, creating treasure tokens. Um, and I and I like the idea. This is something that I would definitely want to just like play at any time, have Cormella bring it mm-hmm. back. And I'd be totally happy with then doing two spot removals or whatever. Like, again, whatever it needs to be. It's a great just overall good card. Clearly. Yeah. I, and I mean, it's I, easily castable with her mana as well. Oh, yeah. That was another point I want to bring up. That actually is a good point. That wasn't something I would kind of thought of when I was like looking at my cards. It's like, what can she just snap cast? Um, effectively for one mana. Um, but yeah, I know I love Prismari Command, especially in here, because the modality, I, I kind of see two worlds. Early game, I'm creating treasure token, and I'm drawing and discarding. Like, yeah. fill up that graveyard. I want to have additional targets for Camilla when I'm ready, especially the big mana stuff that you can't do early game. Um, mm-hmm. That just mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. And then when it's like your mid to late game, two damage spot removal, I think well, I, I know light. I know lightning bolts can kill fifty percent of the legendary creatures out there. Really? I wonder how. Yeah, it was a uh, 
an experiment some creator did where they looked up every legendary creature and, you know, Scryfall, filter down, uh, toughness three or less, and then four or greater. And I want to say it was almost 50-50 because everyone always wow. says, like, you know, Lightning Bolt's unplayable. It's actually one of probably the most efficient removal spells in Magic. Yeah. Um, but I almost wonder Shock. Shock is with two damage. Like, how many legends can get killed off of two damage? Probably a decent number, maybe a couple hundred, maybe not exactly half. And then the Destroy yeah. Target Artifact is, is great as well because that's always a color or a uh, mechanic that Black struggles with a little bit. So, Very true. Yeah, this is, this true. is Chef's Kiss on, on all four. Too nice. All right. Well, uh, we are going to segue away from the grain section. And before we head over to the next one, we'd love for you to check out our Etsy store, Etsy.com, and just type in CMD Tower in the search bar. You'll find it on there. We are coming up to the cold weather months and the holidays. We do have those Jund holiday sweaters still available, plus our foil playmats, all the other accoutrements, just like our Patreon. All of this does go towards funding the channel. So just remember, if you need any swag, coins, reminder tokens, any of that, Etsy.com, CMD Tower in the search bar. Now we are going to head over to the hot profile. And Lowry, I want you to go first. Give me your first, like, interacting with our opponent type card that you think is a slam dunk in this Cormella build. Okay, so this is this is a protection card that I really like. I, I play this in Feather and Calamax uh, with instant speeds, and it just helps protect whatever people are trying to spot removal. But it's called Veilstone Amulet. Three colorless artifacts. Whenever you play a spell, creatures you control can't be the targets of spells or abilities your opponents control oh, this turn. That is cool. So it's giving protection to any support creature that they're trying to get rid of. You don't really care about Cormella dying unless you don't have the proper setup at that point and you're more using it for mana. But either way, you can do it. You know, and uh, it is, it's fantastic too because people just go like, okay, I can target your stuff and you don't have to lie. You could just be like, yeah. My creatures don't have hexproof. They don't like. They just kind of forget that it's there, and then they go to do it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I, I'm going to remove your creature and blank your removal spell," and it's it's a really good feeling. That is a really cool card. Um, oh wow, twelve dollars though. Yeesh, a L- little pricey. This is only that's been feathers' once. fault. <laughs> that's feathers' fault. Yeah. Um, I like to blame a lot of stuff on like these fringe legends that come out that like focus it on one archetype and they just make every freaking card go expensive. Um, except for Estrid when she got previewed, I snap bought every flashback card in Bant and mm-hmm. none of them went up in price. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Flashbacks are, I, I love Bailstone amulet. Um, if anything, you could kind of have a grand abolisher esque effect for your turn because you're going to be mm-hmm. casting, you know, spells on your turn. But the fact that you can, you know, for, you know, find these one mana or maybe Phyrexian mana type spells. Heck, this might even be worthwhile to put like cards like Duress in here. It's cheap, easy to cast, um, normally unplayable in Commander, but you can almost look at like, okay, my protection package is these 10 one-drop instants that normally would be unplayable, but I just want it for Veilstone Amulet triggers just so I don't have to save up, you know, six mana or five mana to do these other overcosting. Agreed. And so, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's, I, I'm sorry that it's expensive like that, but it's, it's a really cool card for sure. Oh, it's okay. I'll forgive you. Cause it was all your fault. Just like alter the brute's my fault. Apparently this was your fault. Wow. Oh, no, <laughs> nobody listens to us. Uh, That's fine. 
So the first one I wanted to talk about is a overcosted counter spell that I mean people play it. It, it does get play. But I okay. think in this deck it can give us a lot of fun spell swindle. I think is a slam dunk in a Cormella mm. build. Three colorless blue blue, so it's five mana. It's a lot for a counter spell. Instant, rare, counter target spell. But you get to create X treasure artifact tokens where X is that spell to convert a mana cost. And obviously we all know treasures can tap sack add a mana of any color to your mana pool and you can get a copy of this for 250. So I think it's just a good protection spell. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the five mana I'm not stressing about because Cormella is going to net us two positive for our one investment. So she's effectively covering 60% of the mana cost. Um, and it's going to go to the graveyard. It doesn't exile. When Cormella dies, you get Spell Swindle back. Or, you know what? Maybe there are ways that you could do weird loops. Hey, let me counter my own spell. Get five treasures. It goes there. We sat Cormella. Cormella goes there. I get Spell Swindle back. I do a reanimation thing using my treasures. You could kind of create this weird, slimy loop countering your own stuff to give you these tokens and maybe have uh, some sort of, hey, whenever you sacrifice a treasure, you get two mana. So you're actually going net positive every time you do this. And Cormella doesn't exile the spell. I don't know. It might be coming up later. Uh, So, yeah, I think Spell Swindle is a good card on its own. A little overcosted, but I think in this Cormella build, we could do a lot of cool. I mean, I don't know if this is what you would want to look at it, but a card like that with Cormella in play, it's three mana to cast. Mm-hmm. And Five. that's no, no, but you're tapping her oh, one, creating three. So yeah. out of your mana, you have the three and then she creates three. You're losing one. Like it's, it's pretty good with Cormella out, like a lot easier to cast. Mm-hmm. than this so like one thing to potentially think about is you know you're you're thinking more of a storm deck and creating those treasures is really good but if you want to just go like good solid like value cards something like uh the blue com- um shoot why am i blanking on all these cards right now that is not helpful but there is the um the epiphany card that like does all of those things that's like five oh. six cards yeah um but that you know that's technically cost reduction it's like a four mana card and it does so much so you could go higher value instants and sorceries potentially it might you know it's going to be slower it depends on where you're playing like if you're in a very fast meta that probably won't work it's probably more the storm idea that you're doing but um you know it's you can look at her like a cost reduction right Mm -hmm. yeah well and something we didn't even talk on but you definitely hinted at it there uh, i guess we talked a little bit about it in the grains is you are going to have just natural instant sorcery reduction permanence on the yes. battlefield um and so you know if spell swindle is now only costing three you're effectively getting it for neutral for what she you know you're getting it for one mana you put in one mana you get spell swindle um you spell swindle some big spell that was also reduced you get a bunch of your treasures and then you try to, you know, do so. I don't know how, I don't know what the loop would look like or how you would try to build your storm count to five, six, seven, eight. But I just think with the amount of treasures you can get from spell swindle and the whole reanimation piece, I, I think it's something that you could have a lot of legs. I think, yeah, I think it's a really good idea for spell swindle. So, um, well, what's your second hop card? All right. 
this one is something I'm I'm not sure about. It's something that I kind of came up with uh, last minute, okay. but I, I think it'd be really fun. Uh, Rakdos's return, which is X red black sorcery. Rakdos's return deals X damage to target opponent. That player discards X cards. And <clears> so in Cormella, this is something. This could have been maybe a yeast, depending on how you use it. But this feels like something that you could play mid game when really you feel like it might be like an end game fireball type thing. Mm-hmm. But here you could be like, how many cards do you have in your hand? With Cormella's reduction, you go, I'm going to hit you for four. You're going to discard your hand. And if Cormella dies, you bring it back later on in the game and you're like fireball to the face 10 and you're discarding it like, and it feels like it, it gains modality in this type of deck where it doesn't feel like just like a game ender. It, probably feels good casting it for three or you know five to six and you mm-hmm. and and that that was just kind of a thought there like you reckon somebody's hand for sure no matter what twice two yeah. people at least um so that that's i've never played the card but it's this if if i was building this this is something that i would i would consider just for the fun of it well and kind of to the point that we made in the with the previous card um, we're going to have, you know, your cost reducers. So X will be able to go up a little bit more, but the other thing, and we already talked about it with primal wellspring, you're going to have copy effects. Like that's what that's spell Stringer true. does. Absolutely. So it's like Rakdos's return. Maybe you're hitting, I don't know, 66% of your opponents every time you cast it. That that's a really, really good, good point. That's a really good point. And so it seems rural. I don't know if you want to be mean enough to have people discard it. You know, again, it depends on your meta. Like if you just want to wreck people, I think this could help. If people are just going to sit around and complain about it, then maybe it's something that you want to, because people don't necessarily like just losing their hand early game mm-hmm. or early to mid game. Like it's probably fine late game when you're just trying to like move forward. Like I'm going to stop you from doing whatever you think you're going to do. Get rid of that cyclonic rift out of your hand. I mean, if somebody's sitting on two cards, you just pay four, get rid of their hand. So I, I was just thinking that it could be a, kind of a fun card there. Yeah, no, I like it. Probably along the I, idea of like duress for you as well. Like you could maybe go a discard route. Yeah. Well, and I think the, uh, oh man, I had it and then I, oh. Um, so I think the other thing that since we have blue, I think Leyline of Anticipation is probably going to be in the deck. So now, because the one thing I look at this card, the negative would be the sorcery speed. Like, that kind of sucks. Um, but you're probably going to have anticipation somewhere in the deck. Potentially. And now that just opens it up even more. Like, oh, you just drew eight? Okay, well, let me go ahead and do this. I want you to discard eight. Just go ahead. Now, that you're being unfair. You could almost be the quote-unquote uh, hall monitor of the table. <laughs> it's like, hey, you're playing unfair. Discard your hand. And it's like, well, what are you doing to me? Shh. Don't worry about it. Just go with it. Um, well, my next one, um, I didn't realize how expensive this card is. Uh, the cheapest copies in Mercadian Mass at almost six bucks. Oh my god, and the foil is hundred and seven dollars. Yeah, hell. Mercadian Mass foils are ridiculous. Uh, but I think Snuff Out makes a lot of sense in this Cormella deck. Um, okay. Normally, three colorless black instant. If you control a swamp, uh, you may pay for life rather than Snuff's Out mana cost. So we're always going to be paying for life. Destroy target non-black creature. It can't be regenerated. And like I said, the cheapest copy is 580 non-foil from uh, Mercadian Mass. So the fact that we can just pay for life and get the spell for free is probably why, A, it's a $6 card and it hasn't been printed in almost 10 years. But I, 
once again, I yes, think we yeah. start looking at Cormella, and when she dies, we get those cards back. We're always going to have a swamp. We're probably doing Cabal Coffers Urborg in this deck, so we can get big black mana. And getting a free for four life removal, whenever I kind of, oh, you board wiped because you didn't like what I was doing, Cormella. Okay, I got snuff out back. I'm just going to kill, you know, whatever you might have blinked and it came back at in spiteful like, spiteful plays i like it yeah <laughs> I, I love it i actually did that on stream a couple weeks ago i don't know someone did something and uh it wasn't even really affecting me i think they were just hitting me for two but they had a uh oh my gosh the equipment whenever you attack you get a basic land i'm just drawing a blank on it uh sort of the animist Thank you. Sort of the Animus. And I think they had Ornithopter of Paradise equipped with it. And they're like, <laughs> I just want to go at Mr. Combo. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to uh, um, Force of Vigor. Is it Force of Vigor? Where you get to destroy <laughs> the two artifacts? Yeah. I just went in and did it. And I was just like, why? And it's like, well, you know, spite. It's okay. Sometimes you just need a reason. And it doesn't yep. have to be a good one. All right, man. Well, why don't you give me your final hoppy card? Um, It's going to be another command. And it's again fits within that three mana that Cormella creates. It's going to be Culligan's command. Um, red, black, colorless, instant, choose to uh, destroy target creature card or return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So it's something that can just bring Cormella back, kind of that reanimation idea that has been tossed around. Target player discards mm -hmm. a card, which again, maybe discard could be going on. Destroy target artifact or deals two damage to any target. Um, so again, it's generally two types of removal for three mana. Um, it's a really great value card. It's something that can bring back another, like if obviously people who can play Dockside Extortionist in here, if you so choose, and you get that back easy uh, this way, like the raise dead effect is not negligible. It's still there. Um, and again, if you have those doubling effects, you potentially could just like, there's a lot of value there too, because you can bring, you know, have Cormella die, bring this back, have three floating for instance and sorceries, cast this, bring her back, kill something, bring another value creature back, kill something else. Like there, the commands I think can be really good in this, especially when you have the doubling idea and you're able to bring it back with Cormella. It just does a lot in my mind, and I really like the two commands that I've brought up. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm going degen route, like I told you. Uh, I said I wanted to do gross yeah. things, so I'm already planning in my head. So Cormella can cast this for one because it's the one investment. Mm -hmm. Cormella costs four to cast, yeah. so effectively you need five mana every time. Sack her to Ashnod's altar that gets us two. Now we just got to figure out how we make our colors. I yeah. think there's potentially a loop where if you have some sort of double effect, it's just like, you know, you cast this, you sat, it's on the stack, you sacrifice Cormella. Um, I'm trying to figure out how you would order this. So it's in the graveyard, Cormella's out, float the mana, sat Cormella, bring Colin's command back, you cast this, you double it, Resolve the first one. I, you just have to figure out a way to play Cormella at instant speed and figure out your three colors, which, I mean, we are talking magical Christmas land, but I think there's just like this weird loop where if you're able to figure out this rubric, Rubik cube, mm -hmm. you would mm -hmm. win the game with the two damage at any target. You would just pull, uh, shock everyone to death. That could be fun. 
I do I do have a natural loop per turn in my yeast. Okay. So I, I don't know if you end up finding it, but it, it looked uh looked interesting to me. You'd have to have a couple more pieces, but again, I think it could be a really fun deck. Depending yeah. you know, you're going storm, you're thinking more in that line. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was thinking. I was all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's why we're here. We're making a blueprint. We we don't know what's gonna happen. True. Um, I mean, I, okay, random question, since this is the first time. When yeah. you're pulling cards for a deck and or like gathering cards, because I know a lot of people order cards online too once they get it. But how many cards do you start out with when you start building a deck? Or do you start and just kind of add in until you have enough cards? So I'm a unique unicorn. Uh, okay. And I do not, I don't just have like a bunch of half built deck lists online sure i pretty much um i play around with the legend first who's going to be my commander is it going to be a partner is there going to be a background you know companion whatever and then once i get settled on that and that's usually what takes me the longest for me to settle on a commander it'll take me a couple months to get that figured out but genuinely lowry when i'm ready to build the deck i pretty much have the whole thing built within a day and a half okay um, I'm, I'm just able to like go in like, okay, uh, I start with our standards. What do I just need for this deck to function with its colors? Um, you know, what are the mana rocks that are just common? What are the more popular lands? Uh, what are the, the staples that you just can't get away from, whether it's a counter spell or swords to plowshare type effect, but yeah. then it's uh scryfall advanced search. And I, I build it out pretty darn quick. I'll usually goldfish it dozen or so times on tapped out and then mm-hmm. after that i just snap order it i'm like okay if i liked it i'm gonna just get it nice. and if i don't uh, i guess i just delete it so yeah i, I, mean, I know a lot of people have the cards sometimes will have different. a bunch of half built ones so okay yeah because okay so personally i start out like when i start a deck i finish it i don't move on to anything else but what i end up doing is i go through all of my rares and uncommons, anything worth a dollar or more or just rares. And then I pull cards and generally I start with like roughly 200 cards. So it's a little bit like this. What we're doing is like, I'd pull storm cards. I'd pull random value cards. I'd pull the staples and then I, or anything on theme. If there's something, you know, some type of theme that's going on there, mm-hmm. like you know, life gain or whatever. And then, sure. and then I slowly pare it down. I can get a deck done in you know probably two days you know like i get two nights to do it i could do that generally i I record it as well but it's fun too because what what do i normally call it it's just like you're able to just melt it down to what you kind of end up wanting and i always change it like a week later after gold fishing it like you do as well yeah but it's you're able to you're able to pick every idea that you want when you're doing that and then you see you know what? I don't have enough support for this idea. It doesn't quite work. Or this mm. this little niche can fit in here, or it doesn't. Like, and so that I I really like this idea that you have you guys have here with theory crafting because it allows you to you're you're sitting there and you're pulling these ideas, and so I I like what what you got going on here. Well, nice, nice. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was something that I just kind of I don't know thought of, and I was like, well, what if we just had a blueprint? For a commander and it, you know it might be a little hodgepodgey but it's like hey you know if you like this reanimation package like there's a bit of this here if you like the the storm package there's a bit of this here 
you just like value, here's a little bit of that. And you can kind of pick the flavor that, that fits for you. And I think, and I think anybody out there listening, this is more, it's, it's more of an idea. Is there something that catches your attention to go, oh, I would like to go down that road road rather than you're getting the deck list of what me or uh, combo here would enjoy. Like you're just getting ideas. And so mm-hmm. being able to go, you know what? I do like that idea. And you can go and explore that idea a little bit and then come back to combo and be like, this is what I came up with when you guys were talking about this. I, so I think it's really cool. Yeah. Well, th- awesome. Um, well, my last hop card is going to drive a lot of discussion here on mm-hmm. why it's a hop card. Because it's usually used as a yeast in a game winner because it has overload and it's in red. We know what it is. Mizzix Mastery. But go with me it's here. Good I, have, I have some logic behind it and why I think it's a hop. Three okay. colorless red, sorcery, rare. Um, it does have overload for five colorless red, red, red. So you either do it for four or you do it for eight. Exile target card. That's an instant or sorcery from your graveyard. For each card exiled this way, copy it. You may cast the copies without paying their mana cost. Exile, Mystic's Mastery, and the Overload just allows you to target every instant and sorcery in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. So, here's my thought. We've talked a lot about how in early game we're going to be pitching bigger spells to the graveyard, save them for later. You know, it's kind of like a chipmunk. You know, they're just stashing those nuts back there. You know, just I'll I'll get to them <laughs> eventually. It's just I'm getting these fat cheeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's going to be times where you pitch your Ingaruk's Wake because it's like I'm not going to need this now. And then it's like turn five and you're like, <laughs> I kind of need it now. The fact that you, this essentially cheats whatever mana cost is in the graveyard. Yeah. So I'll just pay four and I'm going to get this eight drop at the time that I need it. Or maybe it's a, maybe you go the extra turn route. I need that extra turn right now because this person's about to win. So I look at this as more of a response to what my opponents are doing and what have I kind of put into the graveyard and what's going to help me in this situation. I do think there is the secondary of it though. The overload is nice. If it is late game and you do have a fat graveyard, hell overload that stuff and let's get them all out there and get that swarm count stupid. But I think at its core, you put this in the deck because you're gonna want the ability to grab on 20 or six plus CMC spells at any time for effectively two mana. Cause going to put one into your commander and then you need one additional that's very true that okay i'll bite it's I, weird... I don't disagree with yeah. you i mean i so here when you're talking about like overloading that part is just like that is a game winner because that's how your deck is built it's almost yep. like a rise of the dark realms for spells you're not quite pulling mm-hmm. from everybody's stuff but you're doing some big stuff there um yep. and so have you done that what you're talking about, or are you just thinking that specifically just kind of works here? I don't run Mizzix Mastery in a single one of my decks. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I do. I have it in my Dragon's Approach deck, and clear. You know, you're you're dumping cards into your graveyard. That's yeah. And so, like that idea, I'm wondering if the feeling would be like, is that casting Cyclonic Rift for two? Is that that feeling there? Like you do it because you have to, and that's kind of what you're yeah. saying a little bit. Is yeah. like. I'm going to, you're able to cheat a lot more than a Cyclonic mm-hmm. Rift for two. So that, that is a big, nice benefit there. Um, I can see it. I, I can definitely, like you're saying, casting in Garuk's Wake for four two. seems good. <laughs> seems good, right? Yeah. Cheating on mana is really good. Um, I like it. I, I like that angle because so, just being able to think like that is, is a nice, mm-hmm. that's, 
that's top level right there. So, and, and I'll tell you, the reason I went the Mystics Mastery out versus I did have Underworld Breach potentially on my list, but I was like, okay, everyone knows Underworld. I'm effectively kind of doing the same thing with Underworld Breach. Like, mm-hmm. okay, if I need to get access to the spell, but I started thinking about it. It's like, well, you still have to pay the mana cost. It doesn't let you cheat it. So Underworld just allows you to maybe do some weird, you know, Mox Diamond or LED type loops, which I wasn't really trying to do for this blueprint. Um, But it's like, well, Mystic's Mastery is still going to accomplish the same thing. If, you know, my commander dying and it going to hand isn't an option, what can we just snap grab and be able to help out um, at the time? So I'm I'm glad that you were willing to nibble at it. Um, I would be super interested to hear, though, if it's ever like, man, it felt bad, but it really did save me. Because those situations, you're like, well, maybe I should be more open to doing that. Because it did save me the game. Yeah, I mean, like, because the overload cards are obviously really good when you overload them. But something like uh, Mizium Mortars, which, you know, two mana, four damage to any creature, or the six mana for four damage to all creatures, it's kind of, or everybody else's creatures. Yeah. Like, that, that feels good. Like, I don't feel bad casting it for two or six. And so I don't, I, the question would be is where do you, where does this line, it might be somewhere in the middle of what we're talking about here. Um, and it obviously is going to depend on what you have in your graveyard. And so there are things like if you go on a looting route, that would be much more dependable or a self mill, you know, with the reanimation Mm -hmm. ideas, but still able to just cast those overcosted cards. Like, again, it's those pieces that you can like put together and how it fits in the deck. So I think when you're thinking like this, totally works. Awesome. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up our hops package. And before we head over to a very exciting section and figure out how DGen we both were, uh, we'd love for you guys to check out abyssproxyshop.com. If you do buy anything, make sure you use code CMD tower. Uh, they do make high quality play test and proxies. Uh, you will notice on our link tree, if you decide to click that, we actually have the custom gallery on there where they've done commissions for people all over, just taking different pop culture arts and putting them on magic cards. Um, I know you can find my uh, Najila Mystical Archive deck that I custom did and my Game of Thrones deck on there. Uh, And the very exciting thing that we did announce on Eternal of Hot Takes earlier in this recording week, and I guess when you guys actually hear this, uh, at Magic 30, if you find myself, SD Sharpie, or Big Tuck, we actually did collaborate with them and got custom CMD tower command tower proxies where it has some custom art on there and on the back, it actually has our link tree. So if anyone else likes it, you can scan it and you'll be able to find all of our content on there. So make sure you hunt us down at M30, but just remember abyssproxyshop.com code CMD tower, and you're going to get 10% off. Now we're going to head over and see how this deck's going to win in yeast. And uh, trying to figure out which one I want to start with. I got some I got some heat here and I, right. I think it's all, all right. really exciting heat. Um I I'm, I'm going to go with how I think we're going to close out and win the game when storm isn't going to work for us. So if we can't storm people out to death or fireball them to death, I think we're going to throw some uh, flying sharky sharks at them with shark typhoon. Yep. Five colorless blue enchantment. It's a rare. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, Create an XX blue shark creature token with flying, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. Now, there is a cycling effect on here, which is why I run it in my Brutoclad All Permanence deck. X1 mm. blue, discard this card, 
draw a card. Whenever you cycle Shark Typhoon, create an XX Blue Shark Creature token with flying. And you can still pick these guys up for... Oh my gosh! They, they're expensive how, now. 11 bucks is the cheapest one! Um, so I think you guys can obviously see where I'm going here. We're going to have tons of instant sorceries. And being able to make flyers that are going to be reflective power and toughness of the CMC of the spell. Not what we paid, just what its actual converted mana cost on the stack is. I think mm -hmm. that's just how you win, because you could probably get five sharks that are at least five fives or six sixes or bigger yeah. and just be face. I mean, they're flying sharks. It's awesome. No, I, I agree. I think, and again, this is another direction that you can go with the deck is more of like a meat force where there's like young pyromancer. I think it's Moreland witch from you know, they're tall ran that you brought up earlier. Mm -hmm. You can just create a token army pretty easy with this commander too. Um, and I, yeah, shark typhoon is, it's crazy good in Hinata, like where uh, those X spells are so much cheaper. And, <laughs> and so that might be why the price is higher because of mm. Hinata. But I, I don't think it ever really went down after it rotated out of standard anyway. But the card yeah. is, is really powerful. Being an enchantment makes it harder to remove because people don't run nearly as much enchantment removal. Like, Creatures are easy to remove, like Talrand or Young Pyromancer that yeah. we we're talking about. Artifacts so, are easy. Yeah, and the, this one's going to stick around a lot more. Yeah, 100% agree. And there's nothing better if any of you ever get to play me in my Brutoclad deck when at the uh, end of turn previous to me, I cycle this for like 10. I get a 10-10 blue shark uh, creature token with flying, and then I turn all of my tokens into 10-10 blue shark creature tokens with flying. Uh, it is such a good deal. Well... <laughs> You mentioned that you might have some loops. Don't know where you're going to start. But what's the first yeast card uh, that you think this this old gal needs in her uh, arsenal? All right, I'll I'll start with that little bit of a loop. Um, it's it is an old classic card. People used to run it all the time, and I, I think it's fallen off in popularity. But it might still be in a, a bunch of decks. I didn't check on EDH rec or anything. But a uh, living death. Mm. Three colorless black black sorcery. Each player exiles all creature cards from their graveyard, then sacrifices all creatures they control, then put all cards they exile this way onto the battlefield. And so what you're kind of able to do with just like a sack outlet is, and the other thing that you probably want to be doing is running some type of graveyard hate. Make sure that you have a little bit of consistency there. So maybe this works more in a like milling deck um or just the reanimate idea but with living death what you can do is you know you're exiling or make sure you're just exiling people's graveyards so running ashiok um the one that mills you can mill yourself for oh, exile everybody so else's graveyard yeah it's a fantastic dream render is that what it, yeah yep. ashiok dream render the card is so good um but again if you just make sure that you have a decent amount of graveyard hate Nobody's going to benefit off of that but you. And so you cast it, right? And you kill, um, you cast it when she's in the graveyard. It comes back into play and it's in your graveyard. If you have any sort of sack outlet and they start building again, you can just bring it back and do it again. And you're, you can control the game easily that way. The, it's an automatic always instead of just like 
wrathing, which we were talking about earlier, like just an easy damnation where you're able to just pick up off yep. that living death is going to be able to allow you to just control the rest of the game. And so you see how that's like an every turn loop where yeah. nobody really has a shot at it after that creature wise. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if, if that's kind of one of your, uh, let's call it lines to, to victory control, whatever, I think you would have to run Leyline of the void in here yeah. just so you have that consistent, you know, everyone's graveyards are exiled. Um, obviously you'd be running the bog in there. Um, so you have like Soul Guide like, Lantern, which is fantastic as well. Yeah, and I mean, effectively, you only need three mana to cast this with with uh, your commander's ability. So I like it. It's it's very cute. It's very cute. Thank you. Just like you. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, one of the other cards I wanted to talk about, and you might be questioning why it's a yeast card, and I, I just. I think this is a card that you'll never be able to, your opponents will never be able to make you get rid of. I think Beacon of Unrest is one of the ways you win in this deck. So, three colorless black black, sorcery, put target artifact or creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, shuffle, shuffle Beacon of Unrest into its owner's library. So, the way I'm looking at this is this deck is going to be somewhat churning through its library, um, whether it's looting, um, you know, just put the top four in milling yourself. You're going to be doing something like that. So you're going to have a lot of targets in your own graveyard, but this does choose any graveyard. Um, now you cast it, you bring your commander back, you're grabbing something else, beacon up and rest gets shuffled in. You'll probably see it again. But here's the thing I really like about it is it's very resilient because even if your opponents counter it, okay, I'll sack my commander, get beacon up and rest back to hand, cast beacon up and rest, put my commander back on the battlefield, shuffle it in. Like it's, damn near impossible to get rid of and that's why i think it's a yeast card and I, that's where i you know if you haven't been able to exile the graveyards maybe you did do living death and it's like oh man they had a graveyard they got good stuff out but i can deal with it but man i can't do my loop because now this titan of some kind is sitting in there and i do not want that guy coming back or a fleshbag marauder something like that and it's like okay let me actually be kind of unrest that thing get it out of their graveyard so when I living death again, I don't have to worry about it coming back to the battlefield. I think there's a lot of modality you could do to control the board and probably set up the win. And it's, it's it can be some inevitability. I think part of that too. Is that a replacement effect? I didn't look it up real quick. So is it, it, it does is. it go to the graveyard or does it shuffle in? It, it's it's all in the same block of text. Um, well, there is a period. So um, I think if we go down on Scryfall, which one? A beacon of what? Beacon of unrest. Let's see here. All right. Oh, that's a good question. Okay. Put target artifact or creature from your graveyard and on the battlefield under your control. Shuffle beacon of unrest into it. Yeah. So this is, I don't think it ever goes to your graveyard. Yeah. I don't like think it if does. It, if it fully casts itself, which is nice because, or it can be nice, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I had a reason for that, but I might be drinking too much. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> It's all right. We're, we're all drinking uh, that. Uh, oh, gosh. What did uh, Troy call it in community? Uh, no, no juice. Mm, that's some good. No, no juice. Oh, great show. Fantastic show. Yeah, it's I could totally see where you're coming from, especially if you go with the reanimation route. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you're looking to bring back like Archon of Cruelty, which was almost on my list as well. But like there's there's some really good cards that you could be bringing back. 
and there's some really good cards that you can bring back. You know, as long as you're not playing in a meta that's like plays a bunch of bad creatures, this is a good card. Yeah, this is a good card. You can you can easily put in is it uh, mesmeric orb where everybody's milling their stuff. Oh my gosh. And that can that Ooh. helps out you. And if you have yeah. other, you know, like animate dead, reanimate, all these cards can pull creatures from other people's graveyards. Like there isn't any reason where this can be a really good, just always good card. So is reanimate in your commander, uh you'd have to have something to make a token, but that's infinite. Because reanimate's only one. Yeah. So out of the three she makes, you still have two. You got the blue and the red. You sack her to Ashnod's altar. Um, you cast reanimate, bring her back. You just pay the, the four life. You still got that mana floating. She has haste. You use some of the colorless from sacking her in it. I mean, as long depending on what your life total is, that's. I mean, it's infinite until you're dead or close to dead. But what are you doing with it? Yeah, you 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 well, gain you a bunch of mana. Infinite, you cast the Rakdos yeah. return or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, effectively, let's just say you cast, you did it six times. That'd be 12 floating and a combination of is it, and then another six colorless. That's 18 mana that you'd have floating. The Torment yeah. Hailfire sounds real good. That Yeah, that's one I definitely try to avoid talking about. I assume everybody knows about that card. All right, well, give us your second yeast card. Uh, what's the next one you think is a, a good one in here? All right, so talking about playing from the graveyard, it's a little bit of a... It's probably just better, but Lear, Disciple of the Drowned, three colorless blue, yep. blue. It's a three, four human wizard. Spells can't be countered. Each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. The flashback cost is equal to that card's mana cost. Like this card's fantastic. It's, mm -hmm. it's incredibly powerful. You, you know that you want to be kind of playing from the graveyard a little bit. And this just is just like Cormella on steroids a little bit, but you know, one man or one color versus the three colors and the three colors is very beneficial, but it's, it's such a good card. Any, any deck where I can fit it in again, this is a Calamax. This is in Savine. Um, and it just works. It does a ton of work. Um, and you'll, you, if you get, if it comes around back to you, you're probably just winning the game. You're able, you're going to cool. be able to, not on the spot, but you're going to remove yeah. so much stuff or reanimate so many creatures. You're going to have such a huge advantage there, depending on how your build is. But, you know, there's a bunch of spells that allow you to mill like eight, ten cards. And if you do that again and you're, you know, targeting a couple of people, like it's going to do well and mm -hmm. it's going to put you way ahead. When I say it's it's like a. Torment of Hailfire, a fair Torment of Hailfire, where everybody's like, oh shit, this is not good. But really, what you did was you won. You won the game, yeah. just nobody knows it. And I and I think that's what happens with Lear a little bit in Spellslinger decks. So, the funny thing is I actually had Lear in my Spice package um, oh. because I looked at this actually as a backup commander. That's how kind of like my mind went to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is like, okay, we've been we've been a little greedy. We've been sacking uh, Cormella a little too much. Uh, we don't <laughs> have as many of our reanimate re options. She now costs eight or ten out of the command zone. Uh, that's a little untenable. Then Liar is a great one in the ninety nine because now we still have access to all those instant sorceries in the graveyard. 
just like what we kind of talked about with like Mizzix Mastery or like Underworld Breach. So I have never looked at this card as like a game winner. Uh, that's the first time I've kind of heard like, hey, this lands you win. Um, I guess I'm just a little little surprised, just mainly because I have a Savine deck as well, and uh, just having stuff with flashback doesn't ever win me. The game. It's yeah, it's not as good in there because you're already casting the flashback spells a little bit like you mm-hmm. don't it's not as necessary there but um i have it in my calamax dragons approach deck and that just allows you you know you already have filled your deck up you know you're i i loot with it and you're casting the dragons approach anyway and then you cast Lear, and in the deck i have burgie i have the storm kiln artist and you're just able mm-hmm. to go like one mana dragons approach one mana dragons approach one mana like and you're you're essentially storming off and especially in your kind of deck where where you're thinking like if you're storming and you have a leer in play it's crazy because that's the turn that you go off because you can you can cast as many cards as from your hand and then it's also from your graveyard and your storm count's going to get huge and so that's really cool i i, I think and, and then if you're going like a control route where you're destroying everybody's creatures and you're keeping the board under control and um, just being able to, like you're saying, like playing that in Garuk's wake, but being able to do it in a different way. It's, I don't, you know, it's not as efficient as Mizzix, Mizzix's mastery, but sure. it's able to do hit more things. You're, you're just able to go, draw your cards, get some good like artifact enchantment removal going. And then you're like, I'm going to not necessarily wake, but you uh, have a different type of wrath and everybody goes back to zero, but you're ahead because you already got rid of everybody's artifacts, enchantments, discarding spells, whatever else there. So the, the card has been always powerful for me. And if, if that survives, if I'm, if I'm able to protect it, it's crazy good. Awesome. I, I might have to give it a shot. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to pay 10 to $20 for it, but, uh, you know, m- maybe maybe Fair. one day inflation won't uh, permeate into Magic the Gathering. Get, get, a, get somebody that proxies for you. I, I'm a big... Ah, uh, but I know, have to own a copy before I proxy it. Th- this is true. Uh, Not always. It's whatever. Uh, it's whatever. Well, my last one is another stupid combo. Um, you still have to have a way to reanimate um, your Gal, though, and the Sack Outlet. But I think Apex of Power is so powerful in this deck. Sure. Seven colorless, red, 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 sorcery, it's a mythic. Exile the top seven of your library until end of turn you may cast spells from among them. If this spell mm. was cast from your hand, add ten mana of any one color. <sighs> All right. So the thing I like about yeah. this guy is the reason that I think more people don't play it is because the cast from your hand. It's a lot like Approach of the Second Sun. You have to do that if you want to get the big benefit. And a lot of mm-hmm. people with Apex of Power, I believe, are trying to cheat it. I want to copy it on the stack a bunch of times. I want to play it out of the graveyard or you know siphon it onto something. But they're never doing it from hand. But Cormella always sends that stuff straight back to hand. So I yeah. see it as one of these, like you cast Apex of Power from your hand, you pay 10 mana, you get the 10 mana in your mana pool, you exile the top seven, you take a look at them. You see anything you like? No, not really. Let's sack. She goes to the graveyard. Apex of power is back to hand. Let's use that 10 now. To, uh, cast another Apex of power. Get another seven exiled. Bring bring her back. And yeah. with her, because 
per one mana investment produces three, and this is a sorcery, you effectively are actually only paying eight. So you're actually netting two mana every time yeah. you do Apex of Power. And it's a little bit like a what I would say CEDH people do, where it's like, hey, I'm just going to keep exiling until I get my win, and I'm going to win on that spot. You don't yeah. have to play it like that. I mean, I think you would probably uh, get rid of your library before you could get anything valuable. But I think just the fact that it's always netting you positive two. But yeah. then every time you do it, it's like, okay, well, now i got 12 in my mana pool. Can I do anything with these 14? Hmm, not really. Okay, Bergy, come back. Hey, let's go ahead and do Apex of Power again. Now I got 14 in my mana pool. What can I do with the 21 cards in Exile? Anything? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I love it. That's great. I think that's a great use for this. I agree. It goes over the top. It's um, it's netting you mana, netting you tons of cards. It's great mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. That's a great find. Do you run this in any of your decks? I do not. Um, and I don't. I don't know of a place where I could even fit it, but I think it could really work here. I, I agree with you being able to loop it back. And it's again, it's if you have something that nets you mana and nets you cards, that's a good card. It's generally, yeah. especially if you can use it properly. So um, I agree. I think that'd be really good consideration here. Yeah, I run this in my Zafi deck because uh, this came in the Commander 21 precon. And holy, I mean, especially when you're able to copy it, even though you don't get the extra mana, it's like, hey, well, now I've got 14 cards <laughs> that I have access to. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is a very scary card to, to the table. But I think you as the player in this build we're talking about, it's like, hey, guys, calm down. I just want to look at another seven. Hey, it's fine. <laughs> I just want to look at another seven. Don't worry about it. It's just another seven. Oh, by the way, I now have uh, Sanguinate. I'm going to kill you all for Exanguinate 14. That's, and I mean, when you're seeing so many cards, more than likely, if you have some reanimator package in there, you have a good shot at seeing that and bringing yep. her back into play. Like that seems, that's, that's like, I would play that. That's fair enough that I don't think that's infinite combo territory. That's like, yeah, really strong engine and. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, you're not gaining infinite mana. You could potentially go through your deck if you, if I think it, you know, if you wanted to, but I think that'd be a really fun loop right there. I, I like that a lot. I'm really worried that we're giving someone this blueprint. They're going to do that loop. They're going to get through their deck and they're like, haha, I win fast as Oracle. And then I'm going to cry. Cause it's like, no, you were doing something so cool. And you went to something yes. so boring. <laughs> I, I I saw so much hype for that and um I I bought it as quick as I could and then I saw everybody complain about it and I've never played it. So I think I, I have feel... it in one deck. I think I ended up getting a single copy. God, and I it might be in my Garza Zol deck because I just needed one way to win the game because that deck <laughs> is so bad. Um so, anyways, <laughs> we're rambling. Uh Lowry. Give us your last geese card. I mean, how are you going to beat Apex of Power? I mean, come on. I, I don't think I can. The, this Damn is it. one. Yeah, no, no. It's 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 kind of like the inverse of Rakdos's Return, which is Expansion Explosion. Um, expand. It's a split card. Expansion is is it is it instant copy target instant or sorcery spell with converted mana cost four or less new targets. And so it's an early game 
you know, value card where you're doubling up, you know, we were already talking, you know, double vision or the amulet that you're talking about, but the end game is explosion. If you're able to untap her enough, it's X blue, blue, red, red instant explosion deals X damage to any target target player draws X cards. And so Mm. like you're drawing a ton of cards, you're able to probably, you know, end of the game, you're burning somebody out, drawing enough cards to be able to next turn, kill somebody. And then more than likely, you know, the game is really close in hand when I've always felt if you're able to like kill somebody along with gaining a ton of advantage with the draw again, I really like this card. If it's red, blue spell slinger, I kind of play this or you're, you know, the double vision where you're able to double up on it. The amulet, like there's so much benefit to this card at the end of a game. Again, I don't, I think apex of power is really cute. It's cute. I just called it cute. It's cute. That's your fault. I don't use that (laughs) word very often, but it's, it's, and so this one I think is just that reach. You're not really going to kill anybody with combat damage more than likely in this deck, unless you go like token route, right? You can, you can go that route. And so like, I, I like this as a, like you're down to you and two other players, you kill one person off. And if that person can't, you know, you killed the person that could kill you. Mm -hmm. And then you have the other player. Hopefully they can't, but it's ending the game because the next turn you drew so many cards, you just have such an advantage. Yeah, I really like it. Um, Of course, I'm going degenerate in my head. I'm like, huh, like how great would it be to have some sort of sorcery spell that's reanimate? Cast that, it's on the stack. You then hold priority, cast expansion targeting that. Hold priority, get, <laughs> um, oh, the flash, uh, copy, instant source where you can choose new targets. It's super, super popular. I, I'm just drawing a blank on the, the blue uh, creature's name. Um, but you do uh, that. Dual caster mage? Thank you. Dual caster mage. Choose expansion. You sack him. Uh, to whatever your sack outlet is, they're in the graveyard, the triggers go on, and then you just try to, like, I, I just, as many gears as I could put into this engine, uh, even if it's, like, combo, that's a nine-card combo, and it's like, hey, it's only four Let's more than my name. Yes. Yes. So, I, you know, do with it as you will. It's a good early card. It's a good late card. Because, again, you can, it's something that's going to be in your graveyard that you can bring back with Camella, and kind of, like, it's doing two things. It's early game, it's late game. It's a sweet, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. In this deck. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up the yeast package. And then we're going to head over to our final segment, everyone, and talk about the spicy meat to balls that Cormella may be feasting on. Lowry, what was the kind of weird card that you're like, kind of fits, kind of doesn't, but I think it'd be worth having it in this blueprint. I, okay. So I actually really think I like it in this deck. The card is, it just came out. It's called Endless Evil. It's two colorless and a blue aura enchant creature you control. At the beginning of your upkeep, create a token that's a copy of enchanted creature, except it's a token one is a one one. So you put that on Camilla and at your upkeep, you're creating a one one version of her and it has to be sacrificed from the legend rule, right? And Mm -hmm. so each, each upkeep, you're essentially bringing an instant or sorcery back to your hand and so it's it's that grindy like able to stick around that's where you want to protect camilla 
because you're able to just get that bit all the time. And so I thought that'd be really fun in there. Okay, so I think this is a spice card because it's a lot of fun, but yeah. I would it's a little fragile. Yes. Would you as part of your creature package, would you run Spark Double in this deck? Or like, you know, Mirage I, Mirror, stuff stuff like that? It would probably compete with like untappers, because mm. at that point I, I think I'd rather be running um it for mana rather than like the the death part because you're paying for to put it into play and if with this you have a repetitive bit but like you're saying it's fragile because if camilla does die yeah or it's just kind of go away so with it being Mm -hmm. like three mana and potentially repeatable i think that's the fun part spark double if i was doing that it'd be for the mana because two mana for six is solid well, and so and that's kind of like where my brain was going, because unfortunately, and if you're not guys are familiar with the legend rule, you can't have two of the exact legendary creature out. It's not like the old rule where if it's just, you know, uh, one Ajani, but there are two different cards, you still had to sacrifice one. I actually like that legend rule more because that makes more sense as they're traveling the multiverse. There should only be one Ajani on the on your battlefield, but neither here nor there. I agree. Yeah. But the, the, the reason I was kind of going that route is because I love this idea, but I hate the fact that we can only use the token for the die effect yeah. i would even like it to where you know even if we couldn't activate it for the instant sorcery clause it'd be nice for one of our stack outlets for additional mana um and that's kind of where it's like spark double we now get the non-legend endless evil on that we're always getting a cromella that we can keep sack as we need to yeah um yeah i and think so like a lot sakashima of, of a thousand faces i think could fit in in this version because the the legend okay. stay around right there you go I like that. I like that a lot. If only she had partner. True. <laughs> well, my spice card, I alluded to it. Lowry knows it. Gold Span Dragon. Yeah. I, I think I think it has a home in here. So three colorless red red creature dragon mythic. It's a four four for God. I'm scared to look. Oh, twenty one dollars. Yeah. It's better than the 40. It was when I was in like standard. It's crazy. Uh, well, it has flying in haste, which is pretty good. Whenever Goldspan Dragon attacks or becomes the target of a spell, create a treasure token. Treasures you control have tap, sack this artifact, add two mana of any one color. So here was my overall sub-theme I actually had for my deck. I didn't talk about a single card that did this, but I did have a sub-theme. I want this to be Feather 2.0. I want a lot of small cantrip, a lot of target spells, build up Bergy. We're getting our storm count up. Goldspan Dragon, start targeting him with a bunch of stuff, make a bunch of treasure tokens. Those treasures now tap for double. And that's, I, in, in my mind, that's how we're actually going to win the game. As many cantrips as we can that are cheap, only cost one or two, use them to target the gold span because we're in black. We're going to demonic tutor that bad boy up. And we're going to try to make as many treasures as we possibly can and try to get our storm count to at least 10 or 12. Before we go for one of the, you know, typical storm game winner type cards. I mean, heck, it would even be fun to do. Um, it's not Echo of Eons. Uh, what's the blue storm where you like shuffle your library and then you get to play the top three? Top three? There's top yeah. uh, like the one like Mind's Desire with Storm. Mind's Desire. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You get to you get to play the top four free. Um, so it's like, you know, cards like that where it's like, all right, oh, I did this 10 four, times. Yeah, yeah. Mind's desire. Let's just see what happens. Spin the wheel, baby. Let's Urza it. So I just think Goldspan is it's kind of the 
let's call it linchpin to the combo, but that's all it does because I don't see these colors producing tons of treasures. You'll probably have a Dockside Extortionist in there, um, but that's one card. Um, we and don't have Smothering the Typhus. Artist, which is solid. Yeah, but see, I feel like when I see bulk treasures being created, it's either Dockside or Smothering Typhus. It's one of the two. Okay. I, I don't know of another card where it's like, oh my gosh, be careful, they're going to make seven treasures. Very easy. Agreed. Agreed. So that, that's where Goldspan for me is a little fringe. I think if we didn't have blue, it was white in here instead. Oh, this would be a, probably a yeast card because now we got the type in there. Now the treasures are just happening yeah. for an absurd amount. Uh, but I think Goldspan is a very cute card that at bare minimum, it's a flyer. It's a 4-4 four, four, and you're going to get at least one treasure because it does have haste. No, it, the card is, is good. It's a green, not as good as like Dockside or Tithe, but with those cards if you have just a small amount of treasure support in there then the card works very well oh i guess we could run revel and riches you could and there's that that new red enchantment whenever you cast like a treasure or a spell with treasure it gets cascade so like there there are some cards in in instead of a spice would i be able to ask you about two cards yeah. And, and we, so I was expecting you to use Thousand Year Storm. Ah, okay. Is that too obvious? Or I, I don't know where that was landing for you. So here's kind of my thought with Thousand Year Storm. I've never seen it do what people say they've seen it do. It's kind of my thing. Like, so if you guys are not familiar, whenever you cast instant or sorcery, copy it for each other you've cast before at this turn. You can choose new targets for the copy, and it's a six drop, and uh, four and is it. And I think for me, I, I think I have it in one deck. It might actually be my Zafi deck, but that's because of my Zafi deck. I am consistently casting probably like five to 15 okay. spells a turn. Um, this deck, since we're blueprinting, I'm not sure because Zafi just has better uh, triggered abilities than Cormella because uh, it's, it's a rare compared to an uncommon. Okay. And so I don't know if Cormella is going to be able to do the storm idea that I have in my head. I think if we are able to truly at least cast three spells in a turn pretty easy, then I think I probably would run Thousand Year. Um, but I think that's my what I would call 101 to 105 card list. Gotcha. It's going to be right there gotcha. on the fringe. It's, it's a high consideration. I And so yep. the other one that I was thinking... I not necessarily what you'd be doing, but just like that mana acceleration of like bubbling muck and high tide. Where do you think this fits? Because it is a three color deck mm-hmm. and it does increase. I think bubbling muck works more in, in doubling the the swamps that you have just because you have Urborg tomb. Eh, but like, where, where do you think that those cards sit? Because it is like instant sorcery doubling. Yeah. Um, So normally these effects I don't support unless you're doing Isochron. Um, Just so you have the ability to repeat it potentially. Or no, I guess the sorcery. Bubbling um, muck wouldn't work, but high tide. High tide does. Yeah. So normally that's kind of my position on high tide um, is like, okay, are you doing Isochron? Now, let's just say for the sake of argument, you're not doing it for either. No Isochron in the deck, Bubbling Muck and High Tide, I just want them in there. 
I guess what I where I would go is would you consider running um oh my goodness drawing the one black uh add three to your mana pool dark ritual dark ritual all right would you consider running dark ritual in here probably not I'm not a big ritual person like so, and I know that that's that can be a thing um but with with storming like rituals tend to do decently well right like you're just creating the mana able to so that that's that's the thing like i i personally don't plan on storming or or doing rituals because generally it's it feels a little bit um what is it okay the the idea the thought that i have is if i get out too fast i'm opening myself up to being the biggest bad and becoming yeah where where something that I w- use two or three cards on to get out is going to be targeted and removed if I'm doing it too early, right? Okay. So it feels almost like card advantage or disadvantage. Um, so it almost it it for me it feels better if I'm building just a little bit faster than the table rather than out 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 and dominate because I don't build my decks where I can just combo out or completely smother the board so rituals don't necessarily benefit me in that regard because it is a slower deck if that okay. makes sense right it, it does so the reason i ask though is i don't think these are worth it if you're not willing to run ritual in this cormella build and the justification gotcha. would be we are in three colors so yes you could go magical christmas land bubbling muck i have urborg out just like you do with ball coffers like okay great um, but the thing is, is coffers is easily repeatable when this is a one and done and high tide, there is no Island effect that does that. So that's initially why I would say no, because I would almost argue that bubbling muck or high tide would probably produce about the same amount of mana as a ritual would. The With second reason. Work. Yes. Um, well, a ritual would be less work than these guys because these you yeah, have to make yeah, sure yeah. you have. Yeah. Okay. Um, the second reason is Cormella is only allowed to bring one instant or sorcery back when she dies. So are we really trying to do some loop where we're just getting big, big, thick mana, but literally doing nothing? I don't know if that's really what we're trying to do. Now, if you're doing something like with Bergie and I'm, I'm casting spells, I'm doing the thing and now I'm getting the stockpile of mana. I'm at least, I have a destination I'm working towards and I can see that something like this, this would purely be, and you would still have to go through your reanimation rigmarole of figuring out how do you bring Cormella back to the battlefield every time. So that's where I would push back on those, you know, rituals, bubbling muck and high tide. Um, If, if, if we were doing more of the clone effect and having lots of Cormellas, then I think it's worth it. These could be also for me, like thousand year storm, 101 to 105 cards. Like, you know, uh, do I want to, for a bubbling muck, two bucks, uh, and it's an old card. So, you know, it's probably won't be reprinted. Um, so, you know, would I pick up a copy, try it out, playing the deck five, six times, possibly. Um, but if we're, if we don't have a great reanimation package to make it easy to bring Cormella back, I just think they're a little too sweaty. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. The I, I guess another question, if if it's okay, is yeah. 
how many, how reliable do you think it is to recast and, or like reanimate Cormella? Like it feels like reanimate almost has to be a sub theme, if not just to support her coming back. Cause how many times can you reliably cast her? Like you can four, six, and then maybe eight, but are you really going to get there? Yeah. And because the I, only, the, the only cards I could think of or, and, or find to like double that effect would be like lithoform engine and strionic resonator. Mm-hmm. And then the question ends up being like, is there not, there's not a lot of creatures that are going in that. So like, is that even worth the spots to help support what's going on there? And so like that, that was one part. It was like, Oh, that'd be awesome to get like this, this, and this. And that's why I thought Lear was so important yeah. to allow that or cast dissident mage, so, you know, cards that allow you to cast from your graveyard mm-hmm. to, to have a little bit more of that feel. So, um, and I see it on EDH rec, uh, at least the primer that they have compiled with their data. They have a lot of the cards that I would put in here, like, Supernatural Stamina, Fame Death, Undying Malice, a lot of these one black, when this creature dies until end of turn, you bring it back tap. Um, yeah. So I would argue, Lowry, if you want to build this deck to be consistent, um, doesn't mean tuned or anything, but if you just want to be able to do your thing, I'm going to argue that you're going to need 15 pieces of reanimation minimum in the deck. Now, that could okay. be a combination of like, man, the Dread Horde is a great one. Um, you cast that, you just pay four life, you bring Cormella back, and you're done. Um, yeah. and then she okay. can put Command the Dread Horde back into your hand. So um, you know, I think you're gonna have to do a lot of those. I think you're gonna have to have Micaeus in the deck. She's not a human, she will come back with the plus one counter. I don't think you do any type of loop trying to figure out how to take the counter off so that way she always comes back for free. Yeah. I think yeah. that would be two third or fourth tier fringe for what the deck is trying Agreed. to do. Um, but I do think you're going to need at least 15 pieces of reanimation. I I can agree with that. Well, everyone, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you uh, did, be sure to uh, subscribe to our Twitch and YouTube channel, or if you're listening on the audio version, whatever thing you listen to us on that. Uh, And also, please leave a five-star review. I usually say whatever star review, but Lowry's here. We want to make sure he comes back. Um, don't, don't leave a one star. Uh, that's... No, don't worry about it. I'm not, I, I don't do anything. I'm here. We're good. <laughs> well, if you'd like to get a hold of us, here's how you could do that. You can get a hold of me at Mr. Comet number five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Uh, Lowry, where can people find your guys's content? Uh, where can people get a hold of you? And why don't you give uh, everyone a little, uh, two minute plug on what you guys do over at the commander Smiths. All right. So, uh, essentially type in commander Smiths into Google or YouTube or Twitter, AltaVista, we're not on Facebook. Any, any of we're, them. We're old. I'm old. You know, we don't, we're not on every social media platform, but we, uh, we're also a podcast. Um, we do essentially the setup that we do is we waste about the first 20 minutes and talk about our day. <laughs> talk about what we do. Uh, we do some giveaways and stuff like that. And then the first bit is, um, we have, it's called stump the Smith savant where, uh, Adam reads flavor text from somebody that enters in a card and I get a couple questions, uh, yes or no's if, and I get to, I try and guess what card was from the flavor text. If I lose that person gets a card. If, uh, I win, I get to gloat and shove it in your face. Uh, then we have a main segment, which is random. I don't know. 
And the, the third one is we have um, the third bit. Normally we run about an hour and a half, uh, but the third bit is called staple versus. And we take two cards. Most of the time, there's at least one that's fairly good and one that may be good or not. Um, Adam always picks the better card. Uh, and then we are belligerently arguing about which one is better and you get to vote on it. And that's uh, we get to be a little little wild there. But uh, that's that's kind of the structure of the show. If that sounds entertaining at all, uh, you can give it a try. Um, but we also break it into segments. So if there's anything that you don't enjoy, because I can understand that, um, you can click on what you do enjoy. That first 20 minutes. <laughs> that's always my favorite, though. Uh, I, I, I love your guys' back and forth. I mean, I you know, me and Tuck, we, we, we you know, kind of did something similar when we first started. Um, and then uh, eventually we were like, you know what? I don't know if anyone actually cares. And so it was like, ah, we'll, we'll keep it under 10 minutes because (laughs) we we don't know if everyone wants to hear about all the, I don't know, snuff he did over the weekend or all the bruises from a rugby tournament or all the anime I binged. Yeah. I'll have Um, to talk about that show, but yeah, it's, it is what it is. And, um, we, okay. Fair warning we swear we do dirty jokes, stuff like that. So if you, if you listen around your kids or whatever, we're probably not appropriate for you. Um, because I'm around my kids so much, I don't even listen to me, so I'm not going to be offended. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, now here's the, the question I have staples versus what has been the hottest contested one you guys have done so far, where it was just like polar opposites and just button heads. Has that happened yet? Oh, we, I mean, Okay, I'm none of them are it's I am a devil's advocate type person, so I'm more than willing to just be belligerent and an asshole. Um it's generally it's in it's in, all in fun. We are it's our I we love it. It's it's our favorite segment. It's it's like if you if you were listening to reasonable like people having a political discussion but they're heated. And you're like, oh, you're both being ridiculous. That's that's kind of what it's like a little bit. So, nice. um, but we we just try and have fun with it all. There there hasn't been any that have been really contentious or anything. We're, but I'm still an asshole about it. So, it's it's very enjoyable because again, I'm around my kids all the time. So I have to be. I'm not. I don't get to be mean ever. And it's yeah. kind of nice to have a little bit of release there once a week. <laughs> So God, I feel so bad for Adam. I feel like I got to send him like a, a fruit basket or something and just say, you know, this is for your tears and pain. <laughs> I'm sure it's for your verbal it. abuse. He'd appreciate it. He can be, he could be mean too. Nah, he's, he's a pretty nice guy. Well, we're well beyond that little bit of time. I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you guys can always check out, we, uh, post our schedule every Sunday. If you want to see when we're live streaming, when the recordings come out at CMD tower on Twitter as well, uh, we will have the blueprint for this on tapped out. Yes. I refuse to go to Moxfield. Suck it. Understandable. Um, yeah, yeah. at cmdtower.com slash BNBE 152. And remember, if you want to support our channel, there's a myriad of ways you could do it. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower, Etsy.com CMD Tower in the search bar, and AbyssProxyShop.com code CMD Tower for 10% off. All three ways are ways that you can help financially support the channel, help grow the collective, and help us to continue make improvements. So, Lowry, inaugural episode, Bruise and Builds, Blueprinting Cormella 
Glamour Thief. First off, how did you like the blueprint format? I kind of have a feeling, you know, based on what you shared earlier, but you know, what's your, what's your thoughts on it? And then I, I, how do yeah. you feel like this blueprint is actually going to work in theory? So I think, I think your analysis at the end there, that there has to be at least a reanimation sub theme there mm-hmm. to make sure that you have her coming back and forth a little bit so that it can consistently like, so you consistently don't have to cast her. Cause that's, that's not what you you want to be doing with your deck, right? Um, yeah. And but and I like how this. There's a lot of ideas there. Um, and it, when we're saying you have to, like, you don't have to. You can build the deck whatever way you want, right? Yeah. We we, we at the beginning we were discussing like this is a pretty wide open deck. You can go a lot of different ways, um, and that those kind of commanders are nice because they don't necessarily get as much hype, but they, they make you go like there. What's a better example? Like if you want to go a certain direction and nothing feels no other commander out there feels like he can go that way. This card allows you to at least go that way to where I was like, when I was talking about mill, it's like, I feel like there's better mill mill decks out there. So I didn't want to build it. And so like, is there different, ideas that you can run with here and i think that's the better way to think of this deck a little bit is like what can this fill the niche in yeah i i completely agree i think i think the niche it fills is like not the mechanic but flashback grixis is kind of like the niche that i think this fills because i don't know of any other grixis spell slinger graveyard matters decks other than what's it anella or an the vampire chick from years ago i think she's grixis and something like you know it, it, she came out in the same precons as um arabo and cause she had an omniscience effect i want to say she did some spell slinger stuff and i actually just played against her on stream i don't know why i'm drawing a blank on her inala um, is that what you just said inala is it inala yeah that's wizard tribal right but it yeah. can, but I, th- I think it like there's some effect where it's like you know you get yeah. to once a turn or something like that, uh, do it, and so um, you know I, I would say that there's not a lot. Oh, that's of, Kes. Uh, that's Kess Dissident Mage. Kess Dissident Mage. Thank you. So that's that's one where I think this could be an addition because a lot of people with Anala they get very or Kess Dissident Mage they get very scared, very worried. Um, and so, you know, I think it's definitely something that can help fill a gap, but at the same time, you know, um, be something a little bit different and unique. So I can see that too. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Lowry, thanks for hanging out while Tuck is on his, uh, Canadian rugby sabbatical. And, uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a great night. See ya. Bye.